Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and if you're new here, I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. If that sounds interesting, please subscribe. Today, I'm going to talk about alcohol abuse and comorbidity of other mental illnesses. I'll discuss OCD, eating disorders, PTSD, depression, 
and anxiety and how it's more likely that someone who abuses alcohol will struggle with one or more of these conditions than people who don't abuse alcohol. I will also discuss my experiences with these conditions, so let's dig in. Comorbidity sounds like a really dark word, but it just means the presence of two or more diseases or medical conditions in one patient. The interaction of these conditions could also worsen both. You may have heard this word in the news lately. So according to the CDC, 94% of people who have died from COVID had at least one comorbidity, with the average being 2.6 comorbidities. The most common ones are cancer, COPD, heart conditions, diabetes, obesity, and renal disease. Studies in the past 20 years on psychiatric comorbidities with alcohol use disorder have generally agreed that between 40 to 70 percent of people who abuse alcohol have at least one other mental illness, with the most common one being depression. OCD is a complicated disorder. It's classified as an anxiety disorder, but there are a few different types of OCD and each type has a different impact on the brain. OCD is sometimes called a behavioral addiction. The reward circuits of the brain are affected by OCD similar to how they are affected by addiction. It's thought that since people with OCD are fully engaged in reinforcing and repeating behaviors, they would be less prone to substance abuse. I can see both sides, though, that someone wouldn't want to alter their mental state because it would distract from successfully repeating behaviors, or that someone would want to alter their mental state to relieve the anxiety caused by their disorder. A 2009 study in the Journal of Anxiety Disorders estimated that over 25% of people who seek treatment for OCD also have some type of substance use disorder. If OCD begins in childhood or teenage years, it's more likely that the person will use substances to cope with anxiety and fear. People with OCD who abuse substances are more likely to become physically dependent on them. It's important to address both OCD and substance abuse in treatment. It's been found that just addressing substance abuse is not enough to help people with OCD recover. OCD and alcohol use disorder has been less studied than other mental illnesses, but the presence of obsessive compulsive symptoms has been commonly reported among alcohol-dependent patients. There are common characteristics between OCD and AUD based on the development of the obsessive compulsive drinking scale back in 1996. The onset of eating disorders generally occurs between the ages of 18 to 20 and is often associated with a stressful life event. Research suggests that people who suffer from eating disorders often suffer from comorbid psychiatric disorders like depression, anxiety, or substance abuse. Several studies have found that people with eating disorders are more likely to abuse substances than people without eating disorders. Eating disorders are also obsessive. Having an eating disorder takes up a ton of mental real estate. A 2000 study looked at women getting treatment for substance abuse and found that 24% of them also had an eating disorder. Of all the eating disorders, bulimia is most commonly comorbid with substance abuse. Another study in 2000 surveyed 
3,006 women and found that 43% of women who had a history of bulimia also had a history of alcohol abuse or dependence. There's no connection between anorexia and alcohol abuse and a weak connection between binge eating disorder and alcohol abuse. Disordered eating has been consistently linked to alcohol abuse and also an increased frequency of alcohol-related consequences. This also includes weight control practices of people who don't necessarily fit the clinical diagnosis for an eating disorder. Some behaviors are skipping meals to save calories or compensate for the extra calories from drinking, excessive exercising to compensate for the extra calories, or using alcohol as a way to become sick and purge food. A 2012 study found that college students who vomited, used laxatives, or took diet pills in the past month were significantly more likely to binge drink. National epidemiologic surveys and many clinical studies have shown that substance use disorders and mood and anxiety disorders are strongly associated with each other. A 2006 study looked at the results from the National Epidemiologic Survey on Alcohol and Related Conditions and found that in the U.S., 9.21% of people have a mood disorder and 11.08% have an anxiety disorder. Mood disorders include different forms of depression and bipolar disorder, and anxiety disorders include panic disorder, agoraphobia, social anxiety, specific phobias, and generalized anxiety disorder. About 9% of Americans have an alcohol use disorder, and 2% have a drug use disorder. About 20% of people with a substance use disorder also have at least one mood disorder and 18% have at least one anxiety disorder. They also found that there are people who experience depression or anxiety that are only substance-induced. Specifically, a little over 200,000 had a mood disorder caused entirely by their substance abuse, and around 51,000 had an anxiety disorder caused by their substance abuse. This was my experience with anxiety. I've never suffered from anxiety, but in the last year or so of my drinking, I developed really bad anxiety that prevented me from sleeping several nights per week. When I quit drinking, I never had those all-night anxiety sessions ever again, and my anxiety completely disappeared within the first few weeks of sobriety. Substance-induced disorders have been found to increase the risk for poor outcomes from substance dependence, and increase the lifetime number of suicide attempts. About 41% of people who sought treatment for an alcohol use disorder also had at least one current mood disorder, and 33% had at least one anxiety disorder. For people seeking treatment from drug use, the numbers are higher, so about 60% also had a mood disorder, and 43% had an anxiety disorder. The association between PTSD and alcohol abuse is well established in many studies. Alcohol abuse or dependence is the most common comorbidity in men who have PTSD. It is more likely that someone suffering from PTSD will also have an alcohol use disorder. A 2005 study in the UK found that nearly 40% 
of people with a substance use disorder also had PTSD. The U.S. National Comorbidity Survey in 1997 found that 10.3% of men and 26.2% of women who abuse alcohol also have PTSD. And the risk of developing alcohol dependence is 2.67 times higher in men with PTSD and 3.37 times higher in women with PTSD. In the 2006 version of the survey, people with PTSD were four times more likely to also struggle with alcohol. We can't talk about PTSD and alcohol abuse without talking about veterans. So many studies of military personnel have also found a link between PTSD and alcohol abuse. A 2006 study on the U.S. military found that of the veterans who had PTSD, about 45% of them also abused alcohol. A 2013 meta-analysis looked at the UK military and found that 52% of those with PTSD also had major depression. Between 60 to 80% of Vietnam vets seeking PTSD treatment also had a problem with alcohol. War veterans with PTSD tend to be binge drinkers, which may be a response to the traumatic memories. Veterans over the age of 65 with PTSD are at higher risk for a suicide attempt if they also abuse alcohol or have depression. The link between PTSD and alcohol abuse can begin with either issue. People with PTSD have an increased risk of abusing alcohol, as we just discussed, but abusing alcohol also puts people more at risk for traumatic experiences, so alcohol abuse increases the likelihood of developing PTSD. The link between PTSD and alcohol abuse is a bit stronger in women than it is in men. I think if most of us think back on our drinking days, we can identify several times where we put ourselves in dangerous situations that we wouldn't have normally done. And I have unfortunately heard stories of women having traumatic experiences while they were extremely drunk. According to the National Center for PTSD, up to 75% of people who have survived abuse or violent traumatic events report drinking problems, and up to a third of people who survive traumatic accidents, illness, or disaster report drinking problems. Having an ongoing health problem or pain as a result of your trauma also increases the risk of developing a problem with alcohol. Based on my life experiences, the likelihood of me developing a problem with alcohol was very high. If you remember from episode 14, Nature vs. Nurture, we talked about the link between alcohol and adverse childhood experiences. I have a medium to high A score. I've always struggled with depression. I have PTSD, and as a response to that PTSD, I developed some disordered eating behaviors. I've struggled with anger at times in my sobriety that I didn't have a chance to be any other way. I was already set up for failure before I even had my first drink. I think this is a pretty normal response to accepting you are someone who can never drink. 
the longer I stay sober, the easier it is to let this feeling go. My response in the beginning was more like, why me? Why did this have to happen to me? And when I think back on my life, it's pretty clear all of the bad things in my life aligned to increase my risk of abusing alcohol to a crazy amount. And then I abused alcohol. If you were set up for problem drinking just like me, then I hope these numbers have been at least validating to you. So I tell you guys to go to therapy because therapy has really helped me. I've been in and out of therapy for the past 12 years since I was 18. I've had amazing therapists, meh therapists, and bad therapists. Right now, I have the most amazing therapist ever. I'm so grateful for her. Through therapy, I've been able to work through my PTSD, so now it's just a flutter. The only remaining symptoms that I have are it's really easy for people to scare the crap out of me, and I struggle with my short-term memory. My husband has to be very careful not to sneak up on me, and people at work scare me all the time. When I was younger, I had the best memory ever. I used to call my memory the vault. Now it's more like a vault with a busted up lock. If you tell me something important, I may remember, I may not, but it's not because I don't care about you or your life. One thing that PTSD does to the brain is it messes with the hippocampus, which you may remember is responsible for memory formation and mood. If you haven't listened to episode 12 yet, that's where I explain how memories are formed. PTSD can cause a decrease in the size of the hippocampus, mess with the formation of short-term memories, and cause problems with transferring short-term to long-term, also known as memory consolidation. If you are someone who struggles with another mental health issue besides alcohol abuse, then I hope this episode has been enlightening and validating for you. It makes sense that people with OCD, depression, bipolar disorder, anxiety, PTSD, and eating disorders would all abuse alcohol. All of these conditions cause mental and emotional anguish. They cause symptoms that we believe drinking helps with. It's important to remember, though, that there is a small population of people, including me, who have anxiety or depression that is solely caused by their drinking or drug use. This means that they didn't have it before, and if they get sober, it will go away. For people who already struggle with anxiety or depression, we've learned in other episodes that alcohol just makes those issues worse. So I've struggled with depression all my life, and alcohol made it a million times worse, if you've listened to the other episodes where I talk about my experience. So now that I'm sober, I still struggle with depression, but it's not nearly as bad. So whatever you're struggling with, there's a good chance that it will get better with sobriety. So please share this episode with someone who you either want to understand you more or with someone who struggles with mental health and alcohol abuse. And I'll talk to you guys next week.
it's Erin. And I'm Michaela, and we're the hosts of the Two Sober Girls podcast, and we are on a mission to spill the wild truth about sobriety. Forget the rosé all day cliche. Sobriety is flipping amazing. Absolutely. It's not just about quitting the drink. It's a gift you give yourself and your loved ones. So what are you waiting for? Break up with that old toxic relationship with alcohol and let us show you the possibilities. And here's the thing. Everything your precious heart desires becomes way easier without the influence of alcohol. We're not just two sober girls. We're also wellness coaches. We're here to show you how to optimize health, lifestyle, and beauty, feel sexy and alive as F. So stay tuned because we're rolling out new episodes every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts and trust us. They have your name written all over them. We can't wait to share the magic of sobriety and wellness with you. Subscribe to Two Sober Girls Podcast today and come follow us on Instagram for behind the scenes action and send us a DM. We can't wait to meet you.